The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to those expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the OSA Foundation Incorporated or any other group or individual. This podcast may contain dialogue or subject material that could be considered for mature audiences only. All aspects of how you play the game and the OSIP Foundation Incorporated are protected by copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Unauthorized use without the express written consent of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated is strictly prohibited. If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at OSIPFoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. I have all the respect in the world for... Uh, the brave men and women who uh, serve in our armed forces, but uh, the Marines really upset me for one reason. In their commercials, they say the phrase, united by the cause you fight for. Oh, dear. And every oh, time, and, it's, no. and the guy's name is Billy Brown, who's the narrator. He was in um, How to Get Away with Murder. Mm-hmm. And and I just every time I have to like reach into the television, and go uh, for which you fight, right? So correct, you know. Uh, oh God, glamour, yeah. folks. Yeah. Jeez, <sighs> it's you know, just a it just it just kills me a little bit more inside when this and this is why we can't have anything nice in life, right? You know, yeah. so. Sorry, that's, that's the reason. That's the reason. Sorry, <laughs> Marines. You're you're all just when I thought you couldn't get any worse. Am I getting canceled for all this stuff? No. Okay. No, grammar should never be canceled. Okay. Good. Good. Appreciate you, Marines, but fix your commercials. Right. You know? Yes. Uh not that I was planning on joining anyway, but mm-hmm. now I'm definitely not. Right. Okay. Okay. So uh, since I have, since I'm not joining the Marines, I have plenty of time to tell you that this is how you play the game. <laughs> <laughs> the official podcast of the Osip Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode of the month of September. The year is 2022. Glad you can be with us. As always, check us out at osipfoundation.org. You can contact the show via email with the address podcast at osafoundation.org. Uh, we're at facebook.com slash osafoundation, Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation, hashtag how you play the game. Select episodes are available on YouTube. Our apparel store is on Bonfire. Our book is on Amazon. And across the way from me, as always, is the producer engineer, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, hello. How are you? Great. I've been so busy that... Uh... It's hard to come up for air sometimes. Well, that's why when you work, you should wear a snorkel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wear a CPAP machine. Does that count? That is does not count because there's no snorkel involved. But CPAPs help me breathe at night. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll split the difference with you. You wear the CPAP at night. Uh-huh. During the day, you wear the snorkel. Okay. So All right. My face is never never free no it's, it's always gonna have something on it when okay. you when when as you what go is this the beginning of covid <laughs> <laughs> how dare you that's more insulting than what the marines did to me <laughs> um, they, did, they did to you yes <laughs> you personally have been affected by i have been grammar. affected by a commercial ladies and gentlemen yep oh man you know we should probably uh 
not talk about this ever. So just, that's <laughs> fine. On. Okay. <laughs> Lord, I apologize. Um, you're welcome. Thank I mean, you. you're forgiven. Oh, thank you. Thank you, God. You're um, welcome. yeah. Um, how's the, uh, how's the start of the school year going for you? Okay. Um, I have, so what's different this year is that, um, so I'm, I'm teaching at, uh, I'm, I'm teaching at Rowan and, uh, this year it's been, uh, a bit slow on the enrollment. So, um, I'm actually off for the semester, which you would think would free me up with more time. Uh, quite the contrary, actually, because my schedule at the other school is, uh, over 30 hours a week, one-on-one -on -one lessons, Monday through Thursday and Saturday. And it's, it, it, it is so many new students that I have to like, I have to spend just a little bit more time for each lesson preparing. Whereas with students, I already know, you know, I don't need to spend as much time. So it has been, I've been so inundated with, you know, getting new books, sorting new curriculum, uh, you know, and then copying music for our group and then finishing up music for our group for the H HV camp, um, our other organization for which we play and that we, uh, that we lead. Uh, and then on top of all that, I'm working on, uh, music and sound design for a game with my business partner, Philip Vasta, who coincidentally wrote, uh, co-wrote the theme song to this podcast. Um, so, uh, it, it has been, I, I have not actually had a time, had, a, had like even just like 10 or 15 minutes just to sit down on my couch and veg out for a little bit. Cause if I do that, I'm never going to get up again. Right. So I just need to constantly keep on going or else I'm like the energizer bunny. But as soon as you take out those batteries, gone. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, um, our time is up. So let's, let's get your copay done. Right. And um, let's set up an appointment for next week. That sounds great. Thank yeah. you for, thank you for coming to my Ted talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I just earned my uh, license, my, my master's in social work for listening to Sean. And, and a license to kill. And a light. Yeah, 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 exactly. So. Um, Got a license to kill. Kill. Going after your heart. Do we now we owe Gladys Knight royalties? Great. Sorry. So Gladys Knight, if you're listening, the checks in the mail. We love you. Yeah. But not like that. No. Because that would be creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. Okay. What are we doing? Uh I don't know. <laughs> I am so I don't even know where I am right now. Yeah. Uh Am I at home? Yeah, I think I am. Yes, I think okay. so. I can tell right. by the background. Oh, good. Good. Mm -hmm. The walls that I painted. Yes. Okay. Are you done with that yet? Yeah, I just finished Holy like a couple cow. of weekends ago. So what did that take you, like three years? Oh, more than that. I think I started in 2018. Oh, my God. Yeah. So by the time you're done with the last room, you have to start the... <laughs> Start it all over again, you have to right? Start it yeah. all over again. Well, you know, I mean, granted, okay. So 
it wasn't that. It, let me at least explain that. I I I started in in twenty. Actually, I take that back. It was twenty seventeen. I started. I started in twenty seventeen. Okay. And you 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 go at your own pace. You do a little bit each day. Mm-hmm. Um. And you 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 know you you just you. I started by trying to do all of the carpeted areas because we knew I knew I was having the carpets replaced and whatnot, and I got all that done. And that oh, so was, you didn't even bother putting anything down. Well, I put stuff down because there were still things in the room, you know. But I like I didn't, you know, I didn't I didn't want the carpets to be. I, I don't know. Maybe I didn't put things down. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell I did. It's done. Okay, it's done. Right. So, <laughs> so, so I got all I got that stuff done. Yeah, I like the summer of 2019. Okay, so everything except the bathrooms were done by the summer of 2019. And how many bathrooms do you have? I got three, two and a half, if you will. Okay. All right. Because I figured that for the bathrooms, you need, you know, the special um, paint that deals with moisture and so on and so forth. And I was just like, let me just get everything except the bathrooms done. Okay. So I did. Then I got the job at Kutztown. So I did. So then oh, I'm doing that. And then uh, pandemic hits. And you're like, oh my God, you know, you 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 go into such a, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess the, the, the nice way of saying it is a funk, mm-hmm. you know, that it, I, God, that's I didn't. Putting it lightly. I know. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's an insult to funk, you know? Yeah. um i i didn't start the bathrooms again until 2021 or so something like that i yeah and it was you know i just did here's the other thing too my bathrooms all have like minor problems with them Okay. Like this, this house in general, this townhouse in general was built not, not the greatest because, okay. you know, all townhouses nowadays are built for quantity rather than quality. When, um, when was the townhouse built? Do you know, uh, it was right after the turn of the century or so. So maybe like, we'll say like 2003 ish, oh, okay. somewhere in that area, give or take. Yeah. Um, but you know, these 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 units are put up uh as quickly as possible mm-hmm. in order to maximize the number of units and then to move on to the next project, etc. Right. Um so there's a lot of stuff, you know, you, you superficially you look at a place like this and you're just like, oh, this is fine, this will this will work great. And then you realize that there are so many hidden issues, quote unquote, behind the walls, mm-hmm. you know. Um, one of them is we're in the bathrooms mm-hmm. where you just look at the design of them and you're just like, what, what, what were they thinking here? You know? Mm-hmm. And, and so we spent all this time trying to figure out what we were going to do about that. And I never went back to, to finish them. Uh, and then finally I did. And I, I finished the last one just a couple of weekends ago mm-hmm. and it's just, it's, oh man. I just got to a point where I was just like, I hope I never paint again. 
Right. And sure enough, I'm probably going to end up painting somebody's house next later this year. So well, 10.99 it. Uh, that I will. Um, that I will. Yeah, my place was built when Roger Moore was filming A View to a Kill. Oh, so 1854. <laughs> 1985. Well, he looked he looked as old <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> as he did in A View to a Kill in 1854. Right. So um yeah, so that this place is built okay. Um there are some minor issues with it, but I think that's just because of age. Right. But you, the, um, the, the the problem here is that you you look at places like this and you're like the the things that are problems mm-hmm. shouldn't be problems when the house is this new you know what i mean like you expect yeah I th- i'd like to believe that the average person expects certain things within a home to break down over x amount of years mm-hmm. you know you're gonna get you know how many years out of an air conditioner before it breaks down or or a hot water heater you know that's all Correct. that's all normal yeah. you know yeah. totally normal yeah um you you know you just you 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 know that these things have a finite lifespan right and you just can't you know you can't keep band-aiding it you keep you 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 just buy a new one yeah it's that simple and i got to tell you i speaking of new so i'm very i'm very proud of myself because i did two things two home improvement things over the past week the first one was you were nice to sarah yes okay uh, so three things. Okay. That was the first thing. The second thing was I reversed the refrigerator door. So it opens towards the living room instead of towards the kitchen. Wow. So when I take things out. What's that? Wow. Yeah. So when you take things out, you could just put them right on the counter. How that did took you... way longer than it needed to. I didn't realize that refrigerators had that ability. Yes. So if you look on your refrigerator, if it's newer. Right you can see there's a spot where you can put the hinge on the other side and you can reverse everything to open from, from that, from that way. I didn't know for the longest time. I didn't know till till I, till just like a few weeks ago, I I was feeling up top because I, you know, we put like towels and stuff up there sometimes. Mm -hmm. and, And I'm like, what's this hole here? And then I look up and I'm like, this is, Oh man, this is where the hinge goes. Yeah. So now I know what I need to do because before it was opening in the wrong direction and it was, it was so, it was just a, you know, it was, it was a nightmare. I'm looking at my fridge now. Can I do that? And no, I have the fridge that is the double doors this way. Oh, so okay. it would you be really weird. opening towards the center. No, <laughs> that would be, I, uh... I, especially since the, the refrigerator is slightly larger than the freezer. Yeah. So if I were to flip them. Yeah. So you had to. So did you then have to take the handle off the door and put it yep. on the other side? I had to put the handle on the hinge, all the hinges. So both the, the so my freezer is below the refrigerator. Okay. And I had to had them both open on the same. They all were on the same like hinge, mm-hmm. right? So I had to, but it was like beat the clock because I had all that food in there, oh. and I had to I had to turn off the power. Because I didn't want to electrocute myself. Why not? I don't know. Maybe I'll get powers if I do what, that. What's wrong time. with you? I don't know. Why do I even associate <laughs> I with you? Be more forward thinking. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I. So the power was out. So I had to hurry. Right. To do this in like. 
maybe an hour before the food started to, you know, go, especially with the freezer. Oh yeah. So, um, I beat the, it was, yeah, it was, it was nerve wracking. Was the mission impossible theme playing the entire time? Yes. Okay, good. Um, now I, I respect you again. And then, uh, when have you ever respected me? I don't know, but I started doing it again just <laughs> okay, now. Okay, great. Um, so then the second thing I did was we had power washers come and do all the, the, the townhouses. Yeah. So what they did was they, they also did the front door. Okay. But they sprayed into the keyhole. And what happened was the keyhole inside like rusted a little Ooh. bit because I couldn't put my key in it and turn the the doorknob. So I have to I had to replace the whole lock and deadbolt. Because you have to have to use the same key. Right. It wasn't actually that expensive. I did it all myself. That's that's a little more frequent. You know, yeah. my comparison to your refrigerator door. Right. So, so I, I changed that. It was relatively easy on a scale of one to five. I say it was like a three. Okay. Um, five being the most complicated and one being, you know, eyes closed. But um, do you do a lot of things eyes closed? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, um, they're really closed right now, even though look, they look like they're open. You painted, painted on top? Yeah. yeah. I painted my eyelids. Okay. Um, so I have like a second set of eyelids. I was going to say, it's, blank, what's that so. Tim and Eric thing about the, at the parties? Like you, you want to take the power nap and. Oh, the, you know. the Cinco party time snoozer. Right. Um, <laughs> I, understand. I understand. I understand. Thank you for coming. Thanks. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was a project yesterday and, uh, I did that while Greg was over. Oh, geez. Um, so yeah, it was like, it's been so busy. Um, but anyway. Um, what are we doing here? <laughs> well, now I want to talk about my dishwasher. I mean, oh no, <laughs> should we save that for another time? Yeah, let's just get okay. back get into the topic because if I start talking about the dishwasher, then it'll be like an hour before we actually start talking about this. This is want. not an episode of the podcast. This is a therapy session, and then I have to give it you really back is. the the copay I just collected from you, and we yeah. can't have that. Yeah, I need the money. So, so um did anyway, you want us did you want to let me let me throw it to you by saying mm -hmm. you so so you brought this up to me the other day mm -hmm. um so i'll let you give the background uh about it but this is a story about um sportsmanship and social media and how you know the 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 you know the the, the necessary parts of the entire story are not reported and how it gets twisted out of out of context and and you know i thought it was very interesting as you were telling me this so without stealing your thunder why don't you give us the background on the story yeah so um for the for the listeners who are still listening <laughs> so nobody uh, <laughs> um the the story that comes into question here is uh basically a teacher in uh in a public school I, I don't remember where in fact the article doesn't really even say where it is um but i guess where it is it really doesn't matter i thought i, I for some reason i thought michigan comes into michigan question. maybe may i could be michigan. wrong don't um, quote me because i'm never i'm never quotable okay so um 
anyway, so this article actually dates back a couple years ago um, to 2020, uh, September. But it keeps it keeps coming. It keeps going, you know, on the rounds on Facebook. And a friend of mine shared it. Um, and just not to not to cut you off, the friend shared it regardless mm -hmm. of the fact that it was two years old. Yep. OK, so that, that in itself well, is like. Right. So, yeah. And that's not even the big deal. OK, right? so that's just part of it. But keep that uh, in mind. Yeah. So a friend of mine had posted it. I'm not going to mention any names. Um, but saying, his name was Jack Furlong. Oh, there it is. Uh, it wasn't me. Kudos to the, in quotes, female offspring for calling out her probably white teacher on this gross degree of ignorance. And she attached a photo of an assignment that a teacher had uh, given his class for them to complete. And the assignment is called my ancestors assignment. And basically the, the gist of the assignment is that the teacher asks a bunch of questions about where your from where your ancestors came, right. And how they came over here to the United States. So it says, you know, your objective learn a little about your family history by taking by talking to parents grandparents aunts and uncles do we know i don't I don't mean to cut you off do we know how old the kid is this is high school I think. high school okay i think it's i think it's a young high school 14 15 years old i think copy that um it says go home over the next few days and talk to the family members to discover as much information as you can concerning how your family came to live in the united states as you gather information, type the information you learn into the questions below. Find as much as you can and be prepared to share with the class next week during our Zoom call on Wednesday. So this is obviously while classes were still online. Okay. Um, Makes you even think like if this was something that was not normally in the curriculum, but because of the pandemic, people kind of had to call an audible and they're not thinking correctly anyway. And they're just like, let's right. gotta come up with something, you know, actually so he has done this before okay but i think this is a different format I, okay yeah so the first question is who is my ancestor who is my ancestor to come to the united states and the second question is which side of your family is this then what year did they arrive in the united states and then the third question is where did they migrate to the united states from oh that's not good Mm. Where in the mm. United States did they migrate to? Mm. Uh, what brought them to the United States? Okay, so pretty boilerplate questions. Sounds good. Um, and it was up to the students to elaborate on them. So uh, this one student, <clears throat> excuse me, one, my voice is cracking. I didn't know you were 14. I know. Hey, just like the kid who wrote the, uh, the um, answers. See, it all comes together. Full circle Friday right. here. Yeah. So uh, the student in question, and I'm trying to find her name, and I can't find it. Um, I guess for identity protection, they didn't say anything. But, That's fair. Um, so the student in question obviously was 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 black and she was the only black 
kid in her class. And, you know, she, she was very upset with the, uh, with the questions and with the nature of the overall assignment. Um, and if you connect the dots, you can, yeah, in a way you can see why, um, you know, her ancestors most likely did not come here of their own volition. Mm-hmm. And, and while other kids in the class may have had a different story. Okay. That's fair. So she answers the questions in this way. So she answers the first question, who is my first ancestor to come to the United States? She says, my first, my first ancestor to come to the U S has no name. They most likely had an African name, but there were no records of this ancestor because they were not treated as human beings. The second question is which side of your family is this? Both sides of my family are mostly black. What year did they arrive in the United States? My ancestors arrived sometime between 1619 and 1860. Where did they, where were, so she changed the fourth question from where did they migrate to the United States from to where were they taken from? Okay. And then she answers, they did not migrate to the United States. They were forcibly ripped from their homes and packed in ships similar to sardines. See pictures and she she attached pictures. They were stolen from Africa. Then the fifth question, which she also reworded, where in the United States did they migrate to? Where and she worded it to reworded it to where were they taken to? Where were they sold to? They were mostly sold somewhere in the 13 colonies. What brought them to the United States was the last question. She answered. They were forcibly relocated to the U.S. by slave ships and white men who wanted to profit off of human trafficking to build their country on the land that they stole from indigenous people. They did all this under the delusions that they were entitled to do so. Okay. So those were were all the questions. She attached pictures and everything of the slave ships and the conditions. And uh, she was... I mean, she didn't get too specific, but I think the point was made. Fair enough. That she wanted, she answered the question as questions as truthfully as she could. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing, and there's nothing wrong with her answer, um, you know, from a logistical point of view. The problem I have is that my, so the post that I saw, okay, was a repost from an original poster or OP and her name was Erica Bullock Jones. And she posted, uh, in her post, she says, sharing this picture, she posts, my kids go to a pretty much all white school. They got an assignment yesterday asking them to talk to their relatives and document how their families came to immigrate to the U.S. So this is probably the mother. Probably. I don't know for sure. The teacher asked for details about the push and pull of the decision and really made it sound like a lighthearted assignment. Female offspring was incensed, in capital letters. She is a beast, and I mean that in the best possible way. I wish I had a scintilla of her nerve. 
knowledge and courage when I was her age. This is what she put together to turn in for this assignment. And then she posts a picture. So here's the problem I have with this. It's not the fact that the girl was truthful in her answers. It's really not even the fact that perhaps the assignment should have been worded differently. It's the fact that the people who shared it did not share the entire story. The one, two, the, 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 my friend who shared it called presumed the teacher was white. Okay. Okay. And just because it's a mostly white school doesn't mean the teacher is white. Okay. So we can't make assumptions like that. It's never good to make assumptions about anything. So, especially in a judgmental way. Right. And the race of the teacher isn't even the core of the issue. Right. And I think we're sort of making it that way by bringing attention to it. And we're, we're taking part in a little bit of recreational victimization here. Um, My favorite type of victimization. You know, it's the recreational I, type. <laughs> right. So I, I, I really think that we need to take a step back because I have the article that details more of the story. So let me, since we know half the story now, okay, I'm going to jump to the end where we left off. Okay. And the story comes from upworthy.com. So they're a bit left of center as it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but at the very end of the article, they mention, and I'm surprised that they mentioned it to begin with. With which to begin? With which to begin. Sorry. Gotcha. Oh, gosh. Um, so the teacher wound up not only apologizing to everyone involved, she award uh, the teacher awarded the student an A okay. for her answers. Said that it was one of the most poignant and thoughtful answers that he has ever received on this assignment, and has is considering re strongly rewording the assignment to make it more inclusive to everyone. Okay. Nowhere in the mother's post does it mention this. Nowhere in my friend's post does it mention this. And other people who have posted it don't mention this. I can guarantee that if the teacher doubled down on the assignment or reacted, reacted negatively to it, then they would include it. Right. But because... because but, Go ahead. But it's 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 very convenient to just say that something is racist when we can't blame every social disparity in our country on race. What they essentially did was they omitted the parts of the story that did not fit the narrative. It's it's almost like a political debate where you're trying to make a point and you conveniently forget the 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 other side of it that may have a valid point and 
cause for philosophical debate in order to win the argument. Correct. And that's what it, that's that comes down to poor sportsmanship in the media, because what you're what you are essentially doing is fanning the flames of a conflict. Yeah. Rather rather than being truthful, honest, vulnerable and thought provoking, you decide I would rather feel better about myself by punching down on someone else. Right. And you're really not solving any you're you're not you're not solving any problems this way. Right. You're you're making the issue worse. And you're you know it it is it is unsportsmanlike to forcibly or excuse me intentionally leave out something that could make the story more three-dimensional because you are depriving someone of you know a different path of thinking right and when you leave something out that could potentially alter the story and really the story has a a a happy ending yeah. in, in a way like every i think a, you know the, the the moral of the story to me is that i think the teacher should be just as much applauded as the student i agree and instead they're villainizing the teacher and you know the student is a hero and i'm like it's not about who's bad and who's good i think we all win if you look at what the teacher eventually did and and uh, the best teachers in the world learn more from their students right than they will ever they would ever learn in school so and that's what this teacher did i think this teacher learned from this and is going to move forward with this assignment in a in a more careful manner i think it's still an important assignment cuz some people have argued maybe we should Maybe we should eliminate the assignment completely as to not offend anybody. Well, guess what? American history is offensive. Yeah. It's supposed to be. It's not sunshine and rainbows. American history is ugly. It's, it's dark. It's everyone's experiences are different. And we cannot assume that just because of your identity you had and I'm, this is as broad as possible you had a hard time right yes more likely than not you you have but you know what about immigrants from africa who came here later you know after slavery ended it's not about the comparative suffering. It's about right. each individual story and how the greater good can benefit from understanding history so that we don't repeat the bad stuff. Right. You know, and it's not about assigning blame. It's not about assigning guilt. Yeah. You know, you're. it's more about uh, the construction of doing better in the future. Right. And You know? And, you know, it's like... Slavery is not a uniquely American thing. That's been around since the it, dawn of man, practically. It's, it's been around for hundreds of thousands of years. Been and around since the biblical times, I'll tell you that much. Slavery mm. started where humanity started, in yeah. the Fertile Crescent. And Fertile Crescent is also the name I used to dance under. 
under which I used to, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, back in Mesopotamia, I mean, there was slavery then. There were no white people then. Right. The slavery was, was not between white and black. No. It was between rich and poor. It was between exactly. the lucky and the unlucky, exactly. you know, to put it, to put it generally. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and it used to be where slavery was between African tribes. Yeah. I mean, they like the concept of slavery does not make the white person, the villain in every single situation. You know, it's and funny. Nor does it make the black person the victim right. in every single situation. Do you did you ever I I I can recall this, not just I don't even know where. I mean, maybe you hear this more in fiction growing up and whatnot, but there was always the the stories of um, you know, I was able to make my younger brother my slave for a day, mm-hmm. you know, because of X, Y, and Z. Right. You know, but that that was we again we we were assigning uh value to a term then and that was between two you know probably two people of the same color right or the same race um and the kids didn't know anybody you know again i'm right. i'm being slightly obtuse here very general very yeah. um you know it, it's it, it's a it's more about the idea that there has been significant change in the way that we view just the words that are coming out of our mouth because we assign different uh, values and feelings to them now right. and and by doing so these these topics that were were not taboo are now taboo mm-hmm. so to speak and you're you are you are eliminating the ability to properly learn from them well and as you know sam harris says um who is a prominent uh podcaster and and uh um uh, he, he he has a lot on this on this subject. Yeah, he says we ascribe magical properties to words. Yeah, and it's a childish relationship to language. You know, just by mentioning the word slave, we automatically assume, you know, the worst possible. Yeah, you know, we automatically assume black and white, and. We forget that slave is a word. It, it's a function. It means in, indentured servant. It's you know it goes, you are you are forcibly made to do something. That's a great way to put it about the about the childish thing. How many times when we were in elementary school were we you know all these quote unquote bad words mm-hmm. all you know the the c word the f word the this word the that word you know whatnot. I mean that's you that's what nine year olds do. Oh, it's like cooties. Exactly. Right? Oh, don't touch me. You have cooties. That's childish. Yeah. Do you need a cootie shot? Because I can, yet, I'm, I can give it to you. Yet here we are in 2022, yeah. and that's what we're doing. That's pretty much what we're doing. Yeah, and you know my, my, uh, my, my the, the the more overarching, I guess, point to this is that you know you you can't assume that everything concerning people of two different skin colors any disparity is is based on race because there's so many other variables to it um you know and and the people who are posting about it are driving the narrative without looking at the whole story and 
more and more people jump on the bandwagon because you know what? They want to be associated with the winner, so it's, to speak. It's yeah. exciting. It's convenient to say something's racist. It's and it feels it it's, feels better about your ego when you can point to a, a you know you you it, it points to a bigger individual problem. Right. Rather, it feels like you know, it feels like you belong. Yeah. Right. It's like the bandwagon fans. People are followers. It's like yeah. It's like people who like LeBron James instead of you know the Cavaliers, or yeah. you know or the Miami Heat. You know, it, it or the follow, Lakers, right? Or they they follow him around, and they wear his jersey because he's, you know, they don't have they don't have they're not fans of the team. They're fans of the player. They're fans of the player, and they follow him around, and it's exciting to follow him around, and people just know who he is, and they follow him around because of that. You know, you know and, what this? Go ahead. And it's just it just it it speaks to a broader issue of, you know, lack of context. And, and, you know, just doing the, you know, it's the age old question is, well, if you, if, if everyone's jumping off a bridge, are you going to do it? Right. It, it's, if yeah. everyone does it, is, is it, is it right? Even if, or if everyone does it and it's wrong, is, is it, does that make it right? It is. It, it, it's almost like a type of gamesmanship because mm -hmm. what you're essentially doing is forcing someone to do their job in understanding the whole story it, it's kind of like it's not exact but it's kind of like remember the old there's an old example Derek Jeter's up to bat and a pitch comes up and in and it hits the knob of the bat mm -hmm. but he reacts like it hit his hand mm -hmm. and sure I enough remember it, that yeah and sure enough it probably did hurt his hand because if your hand is at the knob of the bat and it hits the knob of the bat you're going to feel it Oh, yeah. Okay. Jeter thinks, well, my job is to get on base. So he's going to react in a way naturally, too, because of what's going on in the physics of the ball hitting the knob and the knob being next to the hand in pain. Right. So the umpire, who I believe was Lance Barksdale, um, go, looks at it and says, that hit Jeter's hand and wards him first base. He is essentially, whether he knows it or not, forcing Barksdale to do his job properly which is to say no that knob you need to come back here instead of persuading him to do something mm -hmm. the real truth of the matter on replay is that no it hit the knob and they're forcing you know he's forcing him to say no you have to do your job properly which is i'm going to try and gain an advantage here and you have to tell me i can't have it Otherwise, I'm going to take this advantage because it's I'm not breaking any rule per se. I'm forcing you to administer the rules. Right. In this situation, it's similar in that they're not telling you the whole story. They're forcing you to read the story or just get on the bandwagon. Yes. And, you know, again, without, you know, it's not the exact same, but in that case, Barksdale got on the bandwagon and said, I must have hit Jeter, sent him to first. Right. You know? Right. And when replay show, it didn't. And that's the same kind of thing here. Replay shows this is not the whole story. Yeah. You know, so they're trying to get us to 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 follow their opinion when without giving us all of the information that we need. Correct. Same it's same kind of thing. It's and manipulation. It is manipulation. It's manipulation through the absence of the story. Right. And the you and the, the the difference is that. With Jeter, it's it's a game. Mm -hmm. With this story, 
this is this is a little bit more serious than this a game. This is public narrative. Right. And it it, it and again it you know that it it, it 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 kind of raises a question too because if it was shared more, I feel because I didn't see the story when it first came out. We were all a little busy with COVID. Yeah. If it was shared more in the beginning and it was more widely known and people kept posting just the first part of that story, even though the teacher wound up giving, giving her an A, apologizing, rewording the assignment, saying it was one of the best answers he's ever seen. If people kept posting it enough with just that first part, he could have been fired. Yeah. He could have lost his job. I don't know what happened. I mean, I, honestly, you know, there, you know, this was during COVID. So I, I don't know how old the teacher was. I don't know if, I mean, it sounds like he's been teaching a while, but based on, based on the clues I can, in context, I can extrapolate from the story. But And not to cut you off, that's also an important point is that we are extrapolating here. Yes. We are vulnerably talking about the fact that we we don't have we may not have the whole story here right okay there are yeah. important details here that could even sway our opinion correct okay and yeah and you know it it also brings up another point about how people are reacting in general to the teacher because you know they're caught a lot of people are calling this teacher a racist <laughs> and you have no idea who this person is. Yeah. And you, a, a true racist in my, in my view. Thank you, Tim. Is someone who does truly does not want someone of a different race to succeed based solely on their identity, on their skin color. That is, that is the definition I feel of, of a true racist and the racism of which this teacher is being accused is real racism and you do not you cannot assume the goal or the uh the intention of the teacher with this assignment without getting inside their head. You cannot assume that the teacher is out for blood here, that this is meant to be an informational, poignant, eye-opening uh, conversation starter, if you will, yeah. about our history. And if anything, this shows us that I mentioned before the dark side of our history and brings more attention to it. And it should it people. The point is that the students that answer these questions, because here's the thing too, a lot of people came here under, let's say emergency circumstances, less than good. Right. And you know, whether it was the potato famine, whether it was religious persecution, poverty, disease, war, you migrate 
you know, or, or escape to, or you're a refugee of, or a slave of, every single person has a story. Right. Every single background has a story. We all come from, I would, I would venture to say, uh, precarious times, you know, centuries ago. And it's not, it's most of the time, if not, I would say none of the time, is it sunshine and rainbows? Right. Okay. It's not this, you know. Also not, my former stripper name. Right. Sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. Right. Um, I was multiple strippers. I was both sunshine and rainbows. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I had split personalities. I Hey. I mean, you get paid twice as much. You get twice as many 1099s. Right. More of a headache during tax season. What uh, isn't a headache during tax season? I know. Anyway, so like you know, everyone has a story. And I think the, the the point of this assignment is to sort of elicit those, res you know, those responses with as detailed a possible story of each individual. And from that, you can sort of piece together the the dark nature of our history well here's the other thing too you know you're talking about what truly makes someone a racist and it seems like you know like you said you, you described it pretty well someone who who vehemently does not want someone else to succeed or w will literally judge uh and alter uh appearances so to speak based upon race right okay at most in this situation you might call this an innocent ignorance on the part of the teacher. It, it doesn't, and, again. And and here's the thing about that. And I agree. Okay. But the problem with it, the word ignorance is that there's such a, we, we treat ignorance as evil. Right. Well, that's why I said it's and, an innocent one. Right. You know, it's, and, and ignorance in and of itself is not, we have we have it's charged not it. It's yeah. not it's not evil. Right. It's, we have charged the word ignorance to mean you're doing something wrong. Correct. Okay. Um, when in reality, it's more about the idea of you don't know what you don't know. It's passive. It, it is a very. It's, it is supposed passive, to be a passive verb. Yes. Or a passive idea, if you will. Yeah. And and you know. And, and that's a whole nother thing with sportsmanship. I, I mean, I was, I don't know if you've been following about what happened at the Emmys. No, because I was watching uh, baseball that night. Okay, that's fine. No, you didn't miss anything. Good. I didn't watch the Emmys either, but um, Quinta Brunson, who's an actress who stars in Abbott Elementary. Okay. Show, I don't know on what network. I, I don't. I think that's ABC, but ABC. I could be wrong. Okay. Um, and you know Jimmy Kimmel and Quinta Brunson were both up for awards and she won and Jimmy Kimmel hop, you know was on stage and he was like so upset that he lied down on the stage and wouldn't get up when her name was <laughs> when her name was announced and she kind of stepped over him and continued to talk and he was still lying on the ground um what was the category i can't remember i I don't know, but okay. I mean, I mean, these these award shows are just you know, it's famous all, celebrities it, patting themselves on the back. It's anyway, it's all bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's all bullshit. Anyway, so 
That's a technical term, by the way. But yes. And everyone's branding Jimmy Kimmel as a racist. And I'm like, hold on a minute. (laughs) Like, you know, you got to take a step back here. And again, you're using this word lightly when it should, when there should be heavy bravado behind it. When you brand someone a racist, that's a pretty terrible thing to say about somebody. You're, you are not thinking this through. You can brand them as an idiot or, or just like stupid or look at it as a bit. Yeah. Like it's, that's probably what it was. It probably was just a bit. And you know, no one. And again, I didn't look into into it this too much, but I'm looking at everyone's response to this and I'm like, I, we have to. We have to take a step back here. He probably would have done the same thing if the if if the actress was white. Correct. You know, but then he wouldn't be branded. See, no. that's the thing. Then it wouldn't be a racist thing. Like, you know, what if another white man beat him out and he d- did right? That, you know, exactly. He probably would have done the same thing. And and the the thing that people forget is like, all right, well, what about when Kanye West interrupted Taylor Swift? Right. During her award speech at the Grammys. I'm going to let you finish. Right. So what, wait, was that racist? What, why aren't we branding him a racist? Or is it different if, 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 if the other, if it's the other way? Right. Right. It's, you know, people are just saying, well, he's just crazy. He's just crazy. He's not, it's not a race thing with him. It's he's just crazy. Well, maybe Jimmy Kimmel's crazy. Yeah. And Maybe crazy does it, not have anything to do with race necessarily. Exactly. It could, but it doesn't have to. Right. And that's that's the thing I'm, to which I am alluding here is that just because there is an issue with someone who's black versus someone who's white, you cannot just automatically assume it's a race thing. Yeah. And by doing so, you are further dividing people. You are drawing more unnecessary attention to it and like and going back to this whole thing there is sportsmanship behind this in that you ruin relationships Mm -hmm. when you needlessly brand someone a racist not to mention also when you stick your nose into someone else's business when it doesn't even concern you Correct. You know, like the way and and other people who have responded to that incident with Jimmy Kimmel are saying like, oh, well, he has a racist history because of the man show and a misogynist history because of girls on trampolines. And I'm like, okay, well, again, take a step back and realize that a the man show, which was 20 years ago. More than 20 years ago? 97, 98 in that area. Into 2002. Mm-hmm. Was, the whole thing was a joke. Yeah. It's all satire. It's all fake. It's entertainment. Okay? Should he have done the bit with Carl Malone? You know, that today that would be considered probably not in good taste <laughs> right you know but again you know it, 
he has since then distanced himself from the man show. He has distanced himself. He, 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 he does not talk about it on his current show, mm -hmm. nor is, nor are the guests allowed to talk about it. I, I even think that's in his contract wow. at this point. Really? He's not supposed to talk. I, I think so. I might be wrong about that, but it, it, it is, I, I feel like I read that somewhere, but, um, it, it's, you know, the, 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 the point is that, you know, he is making every effort to, and he has apologized for that, by the way. Right. But no amount of apology is going to be good enough for the radical left. Let me, let me, when it comes to this, let me go down a rabbit hole with the man show real quick. We okay. conveniently forget a couple of things about the man show too. Mm -hmm. Who, who was Jimmy Kimmel's co-host? Adam, Adam Carolla. Carolla. Okay. Mm -hmm. Adam Carolla is the type of guy now who refuse, refuses to apologize for it. Mm -hmm. He says, it's comedy. It's a bit. Right. If you don't like it, turn it off. Right. And let the, the quote unquote free market economy decide. Yes. Okay. And, and of course, Adam Carolla is now labeled like a, a right wing fanatic mm -hmm. when he's trying to really just, you know, say, listen, this is what I do. If you don't like it, don't watch me. Don't listen to me. Yeah. And then when, when Kimmel and Carolla left, who took over? Joe Rogan and oh, Doug yeah. Stanhope. Yeah, that's right. Okay, Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan right now. Yep. And Doug Stanhope is a comedian who, and I, I vividly remember this, we, to kind of circle back to something we said earlier. He had a bit once on his own stand-up where he said, "If and I'm paraphrasing here, if you are assigning offense or any type of meaning to any of the, the words, the sounds that are coming out of my mouth, that that you hear as words that's on you you know yes. we have, we have we have childishly taken the ability to formulate noise through our mouth with vocal cords and air uh <laughs> charged those noises with meanings and determined that those meanings are can be hurtful yep if you take a step back you can realize there it's just noise and you can choose to not hear it. Right. You know, granted, there are obviously situations where if someone's like literally this close to your face and they're trying to say something really offensive to you, it's a little bit harder to not hear. Right. But you, you know, if it's through the media, you have mm -hmm. the ability to turn off the TV, to turn right. off the radio, to put yep. the newspaper down. Okay. Right. That's there's a whole reason that social media has the ability to block people or mute people. It's yeah. so that you don't have to see or read this stuff. Yeah. You don't like it. And I think a lot of issues on social media would be solved that way. Yeah. If people just, instead of commenting on it, just turn it off. Yeah. And it would it'd be like just a breath of fresh air. You know, it would just be like a huge weight is lifted off your shoulders. We, I mean, this, this kind of goes to the whole idea. If you do this, read the studies about it, you know, the whole thing with social media is about the, the dopamine in your brain, mm -hmm. you know, and if you take the time to put the electronic device down and stay away from social media, 
or or you know anything on the internet where you are constantly scrolling you know looking for things you like or things that where people like about you all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff you're gonna you're gonna realize first of all you're gonna have a withdrawal like a drug withdrawal mm -hmm. and then you're gonna realize wow my life has opened up yeah you know because it because it, it's a drug you are feeding an addiction to a chemical response in your brain it has nothing to do with with anything other than that right you know those that's that's been pretty well documented in many studies many documentaries etc yeah but that's again and that and that corresponds with just to say something is racist yeah it's, you're just trying to make yourself feel high. good you get, uh -huh. you, it makes you feel good it makes yeah. you feel like you belong yeah and, and instead of it, and it really but it really makes you sound unintelligent yeah that's when you true. say just something like oh well why don't you know why aren't there more black people in classical music? Oh, it's racist. Yeah. Well, 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 no, they're, they're, they just don't have a cultural predilection to it Yeah. because they, it's a cultural disparity. Black like, people were not making classical music from the time that classical music was in vogue. Right. Okay. And, and, and nor war or they were, and they just weren't recognized. Right. It. And those were the times and, and you know, give it a few generations from now, we will see more black people in classical music as we should. Not to mention black people have jazz. Right. You know, jazz right. is just as important yeah. as classical music. Right. So, you know, the, the, the point is like sometimes, you know, we, if we let things unfold naturally over time and we educate people on it and expose people to it and give everyone the same opportunity, mm -hmm. then things work out, work themselves out. Yeah. But when you try to force a situation in which you're including more people into something, you are then collaterally excluding other people. The more you tighten your grip, Tarkin, the more <laughs> star systems will slip through your fingers. Right. That's right. Yeah. So it, it just, it's a matter of just, you know, let it be and see how things unfold yeah and and i think you know in the next few generations we will see more people of color in classical music i mean we're already seeing more than we saw 20 years ago absolutely great yeah that's awesome I, I, more power to them keep it going it's like they in in terms of that it's almost like okay there are a lot of musicians now who are minorities mm -hmm. who are playing the music of these classical composers who happen to be white. Right. Now, what we conveniently forget is that these musicians who are minorities mm -hmm. are some of the best musicians. They are virtuosos. Yep. And they are, they are able to play this stuff in ways. No, even those composers probably couldn't think of. Of which they could think okay it was it, it is being that you may not have the the history of the the, the composition but the performance of the art mm -hmm. has been taken to a place where they could have never imagined that yep and how many white people do you see playing music of black people oh my god right here duke ellington raising my hand Charlie I am, Parker. I am a professional jazz musician I mean I play black music or a silver okay uh, uh, you know, Miles Davis, Wayne right. Shorter, Herbie Rufus Hancock, Reed. like <laughs> Don Coltrane. Right. You want me to keep going? Yeah. You know, am I a racist because I play jazz? 
Is that the title of the podcast? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but 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 you get my point. Yes. My overall arching overarching point is that you know it, it to attribute something to racism without looking at context, without looking at the other variables, is ignorant. Yes. And it 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 is it's the convenient way out. Is there racism? Of course. Oh yeah. Absolutely. But worry about but the racism, that's a real problem. It. We cannot apply it to every single situation. It becomes exhausting. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, these buzzwords like intersectionality and, and affirmative action and, and equity and this and that. And I'm like, just take it. That's when that's when ignorance is my easy. friend because I don't even I I've just I've conveniently forgotten about all of these things. You know, a lot of people to kind of wrap this up, a lot of people will say to me, like, well, why aren't you well versed in some of these issues? Have you have you have you ever scratched the surface of some of these issues and the stress that they cause? I have right. chosen, I have willfully chosen ignorance for my own sanity. Yeah. I instead of worrying about that stuff, I'm gonna be worrying about questions like, did I go to Wendy's twice yesterday? Yeah, I did. Wow. Okay. Or I should probably not do that. How am I going to make money? Yeah. Or, you know, uh, when's my next doctor's appointment? Or see, everything that you're saying is normal. I went with Wendy's. Right. You know. Um, but the point is, like, if a bear shits in the wood, does the Pope hear it? Right. What? What? <laughs> um, does the Pope hear the poop? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is that the title? Does the Pope hear the poop? No, I think, I think I like your jazz one better. Am I a racist because I play jazz? Yeah. Um, but you know what? what? Here's the gamesmanship. More people might listen to that because they see the word racist in it. Oh, that's great. See? See? So we're see? Part of, that's how they get you. We're part of the problem. Oh, that's what all the but, women but in my life tell me. if they actually listen to it, they may learn I don't something. Know, they may, well, but you know what? They'll, they'll they would probably hear just the beginning about us complaining about our appliances and say, right. "Oh, it's just two white men complaining." Right. You know, and or, see, we're white. We're and if they got even into but, the beginning of the discussion where you're explaining it, they were like, "No, but, this this does not align with my viewpoint. I turn it off." Right. And, but you know what? I encourage people to disagree with us because that starts. That's called a every relationship I've ever had. That's that starts a conversation, right? I, I want someone to disagree with me that has valid points and I want to listen to them and I want to, you know, extrapolate what they're saying. And a, a part of me wants to agree with people on the other side, which it does to a certain extent. I can certainly see why people, some people can be upset about this because everyone has different experiences and we should respect that. But you you gotta be empathetic. You you have to you have to, as we say, ambivalent. Yeah. You have to look at both sides of this and agree with some parts of it and disagree with others. You have to be willing to sit in the discomfort of conflict. Yes. And if anybody disagrees with me, please direct all of that to Sean. <laughs> because I am too busy over here going to Wendy's twice. Right. Okay. And looking at my refrigerator, thinking, how do I get these things to open to the center? Yeah. <laughs>
in case our listeners haven't figured this out by now, I am a complete idiot. Well, you and me both. Yeah, that's why we get along. Yeah. All right. Shall we uh, wrap it up so we can get back to our regular lives? Yep. All right. Well, thank Bye. you, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was that was a lot easier than I thought. And that's what she said. Um, John, thank you for uh, this amazing discussion and your, all of your hard work as always. Of course. And uh, as a reminder, everybody, check us out at uh, osafoundation.org. Uh, email the show with the address podcast at osafoundation.org. Uh, Facebook.com slash OSA Foundation, Twitter and Instagram at OSA Foundation, hashtag how you play the game, select episodes available on YouTube, um, apparel store on Bonfire, book on Amazon. Uh, enjoy the uh, beginning of fall, especially if you're a white girl, because that's what they do. Mm -hmm. Am I racist now? Because, you know, yes. white girls love love sweaters and pumpkin lattes. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, I, now that I've canceled myself, uh, mm -hmm. We'll talk to everybody in hey, October. I like, I like pumpkin lattes. Well, you're a girl. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe today. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is coming from the guy who, when we play golf, always names himself Shauna. Yeah. Yeah. That's or... just, just so I can golf from the ladies team. Right. <laughs> Gamesmanship. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Gamesmanship. Today I'm identifying as a girl so I can golf from the ladies tees. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're smarter than the average bear, which shits in the woods and the Pope hears it. Yep. All right. Well, I think I've done everything. So, Sean, until uh, we all speak again, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by Soundspring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.